welcome to Research Check, everyone. I'm Jordan Jenkins. I'm joined by my wife and partner in weirdness, Jess Jenkins. That's me. And Rick. R Rick's also here. I'm also here. <laughs> I'm a person. Today, no relation. we are going no to be... <laughs> no relation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally no relation. Uh, so, welcome. We're going to be talking about Paizo's Guns and Gears book for 2nd Edition Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rick's got a hard copy. Oh, fancy. Fancy, He's a fancy lad. So, complete um, collection. yeah. So, as always, as, tr as traditional, we must talk about how good the cover art is. Oh, we're launching right into it. All right. <laughs> what is this creature on the cover, and why can't I place it? It's a fire giant, I think. A fire giant, I believe. Yeah. It looks like a nice uh, fire giant right there. Yeah, that's what there. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was. He just looks like a fuzzy boy. I didn't know fire giants were so... Like, maybe that's fire, but they I look like fuzziness. I think it's supposed to be fire for the hair. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the Wayne Reynolds fire. Okay, I thought he was just a fuzzy Classic boy, man. which I like and thought was adorable, you know, minus the whole scary roar face but i like you have to look really far into i don't know if you can do that on the uh the picture that we have up there you have to look really hard into the background that there's a second one oh right i see it oh, you're you right really close at him oh it's like details. a little where's waldo but on fire <laughs> where's waldo on fire <laughs> on fire oh, it's man. the background on fire mm -hmm. so yeah awesome. i think the cover's great it reminds me again of um i guess that's the new style that they're going for because secrets of magic had a similar thing where it's completely different in design like the spine yeah. looks oh, yeah. nothing like the spine on any of the other books so yeah interesting choice it makes, it makes them stand out colorful. a little bit more i guess on the shelf if you're just like looking for a specific color versus looking for you know the the text yeah it reminds me of a uh, 3.0 3.5 all the core books had these specific designs that made them look kind of like books bound and like uh metal filigree around the outside of the book but then when they put out things like uh unearthed arcana i think might have been one of them um i know the uh it's been so long since i've looked at my 3.5 books anyway they all had different <laughs> designs where they're just like colorful bright designs mm. very cool well, yeah. and I guess, you know, hopping in, this book is a little bit different than the way they've arranged previous rule books. Um, yeah. It's technically three smaller but interconnected books that are bundled inside the single cover. So it's essentially mm -hmm. guns, or sorry, my bad, gears, guns, and then rotating gears. Rotating gears. Rotating yeah. gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, which is you know different um it, because there are of, it's kind of interesting like it i like it because like all the inventor stuff is in one section all the gunslinger stuff is in one section mm -hmm. you know kind of roughly so if you're playing those classes i feel like it's a lot more organized for your specific stuff well then they just have the automaton kind of tossed into gears because yeah it was just in gears <laughs> adjacent gears adjacent it, it, and they they, they, they do they each have a very yeah they do each have a very distinct feel to them like even the borders yeah. The, yeah the outside of the page are different for each section uh i particularly like the border around the rotating gear section it looks like a whole bunch of maps on fire oh <laughs> so, yeah very yeah. dramatic yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is very cool yes there's so, also an introduction there is there, there is. is yeah it Which, talks a lot about you know using guns in your game or not um yeah it's a lot longer than else? usual it it is because it's it got is. some like interesting kind of lore 
bits that they they sprinkle throughout as well but they've got some bits in there that like where can you find this kind of stuff like it kind of also reestablishes the technology level of galarian in some cases Mm -hmm. because it talks about like okay well there are it is a little bit more common than in first edition to find gunslingers or to find clockworks and things like that so i thought that was kind of an interesting like um uh I guess getting Change. everybody on the same page and changing to make it make it not weird that you're in Irison and you're an inventor. Like you can do that well, and it's not that weird. And I mean they talk about like right in this front section that a lot of the things in this book are uncommon or rare, yeah. but there are ways to access them kind of listed out in the access part. Um which makes sense, I think. Yeah, there yeah. some of the interesting stuff they put in here is actually regional like variations mm-hmm. or um things you can only get if you're in a certain region or from a certain region that is like that that nation's tradition of you know guns and gears which i thought was yeah. really interesting because it gives you a little bit more flavor in your character builds yeah there's there's always been a lot of uh a lot of a back and forth about including firearms in your fantasy setting and I know there's a lot of resistance to it when they first put out the Gunslinger in first edition. And then I think most people have gotten used to it where most of the Galarian setting, even though like one part of the Galarian setting is basically like, we're still Vikings over here. And the other part's mm-hmm. like, aha, well, we're, you know, a more advanced, like, you know, Boudrani society versus the land of the norm Kings. There's a vast difference. Yeah. But uh, I think most people have accepted that Galarian's kind of on, almost a Renaissance level. Like, I remember in the first edition book, the uh, campaign setting, they brought up that they have uh, printing presses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's that's way more advanced than the illuminated tomes that you usually get while exploring fantasy that's worlds. That's true. So, very and true. I think they introduce uh, steam engines in this book, getting a little ahead of us. They do. Yeah. 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 So well, it's, it's very, like, wow, that's- if you want your, your Galarian or your world to be a little more steampunk, like this is a good book for you. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is a very good book um, because they also do everything in striations depending on how steampunk or how technological you want to kind of take things. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of get into, you know, some some of the good pieces here. Let's um, dive in. Yeah, so the first section is the gear section, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, big things if you're looking for, you know, new characters to play, you get the inventor as well as the automaton. So Mm -hmm. Inventor Mm -hmm. is the new class. Automaton is the new Ancestry that you can play. Um, Which are we going to start with? I'm going to start with Inventor because (laughs) uh, hands down my favorite part of the book. Okay, no, Werp. (laughs) Werp is the best part of the book. Okay, Werp Werp is good. Werp is the little goblin fella. Well, goblin goblin companion (laughs) innovation of the iconic uh, Inventor, yes. (laughs) Werp is cute. But uh, I, I, I was reading through the Inventor uh, one, and I was kind of amazed at how flexible the, the class is. It's very versatile. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very versatile class. Like, it's, um, it's very interesting because the, the first kind of decision that you make completely changes how you play the character. So you get to pick your innovation. That's their term for, like, mm-hmm. your, your unique invention that you've created that is, like, your thing and your subclass you, basically basically yeah. yeah basically your subclass you get to pick if you want to do a weapon 
a uh, piece of armor or a companion. So that, you know, basically you can have a special kind of, you know, sword that you've created or a special suit of armor that you wear but only works for you. Um, I get a lot of mechanic vibes from Starfinder, kind of looking at a lot of the inventor stuff because they also have a similar thing where it's like, okay, I can have a robot companion or I can have my exocortex and I can choose to focus on armor or weapons or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a an interesting take on bringing some of that Starfinder stuff in uh kind of in an in-world setting cuz um if you do the companion it's not like a it's not like a familiar it's like a full-on animal companion so cool. it functions kind of like a druid which is really interesting yeah the uh the armor part of it actually reminded me a little bit more of the synthesis summoner it, yes oh. yes yeah, it where did. you're like you're wearing it you're upgrading it instead of uh, evolutions you're upgrading it with uh, what do they call the improvements? Oh, oh gosh. Um, modifications. Modifications, yeah. yeah. Get your mods. Um, so, yeah, and I, so. I really like the fact that you could choose uh, between medium and light version. Like you can have, mm. you know, a cool stealth suit versus like, That's you cool. know, My power armor. armor. <laughs> so uh, remind me to mention in a second how odd I think a certain element of this class is. Okay. <laughs> But, but we're still um, talking about the 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 types of class. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you get the companion, um, you can choose whether it is um, small or medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get like everything gets upgrades. So the whole inventor class is based around you having this signature item and upgrading it. Um, in mm. some cases, you know, you can do things like you can overpower, overdrive it to you know give you more right so it it acts it for one round it'll act better if you can make the the check for it um or it maybe it explodes you know crit fails exist i just want to say again probably a millionth time i really like how they've changed handling animal companions construct whatever Mm -hmm. type of companion like the give one action to get two actions thing is so easy that it makes things like like this you get this companion how does it work like all companions work um it's really nice that there is one variation on this. It is possible for you to give up two of your actions to give three actions mm. to your uh, companion innovation. I wonder if so, summoners get that. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't remember when I read the summoner that I that it had that. Hmm. Cool. So that might be a somewhat different variation, but that is something that's uh, available for you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much... You know, from there you get feats, you pick everything. Um, I mean, this is a this is a class that's based on crafting, so you get tons of crafting stuff, um, tons of bonuses. Um, you do have to like basically repair your armor um, or weapons or whatever. Like they require maintenance. Um, you can spend downtime to actually change out the modifications you have. I think that's really cool. Like yeah. I was I was reading this whole thing thinking Hell's Rebels and going. Wow, if I played an inventor, if Lucia, you know, bit the bullet, or not bit the bullet, uh, bit the dust. <laughs> if she bit the bullet from the gunslinger in the if next she bit, chapter. If she bit the bullet and went into inventor. <laughs> it happens. But uh, that you could have like this, oh, we got this big mission coming up. Let me go re-kajigger my, you know, my doohickey magic fist or whatever and, you know, make it do fire damage because we know we're going to do something that needs fire damage or whatever. So that I thought that was really cool. An interesting thing, actually, with the uh, the weapon focus, if you go down that route for this, is uh, there's a lot of options for making things non-lethal. 
Yes, mm. there like are. ranged and melee. I That's love cool. that. Actually. That kind of impressed me because I was just like, well, actually, like a good ranged non-lethal option is something True. that you don't find too too easily. So. Oh yeah, like it, you can absolutely make like a net thrower, or you can you know tur- like one of them is uh, I forget what it was called. I think it's like it changes your ammunition to blunt it so that it's yeah. uh, it's non lethal. Like I like the idea that like you just put a regular uh, arrow in, and there's just like a couple of little like uh, you know things buffing it down so that it's blunt. It puts yeah. a marshmallow on the tip. <laughs> puts a little punch. I was more thinking the. Uh... I was more thinking the punching bag or the punching glove arrows from yes, uh, from <laughs> Green yeah, Arrow. Green but, arrow yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty great too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I need I to know. Like I need to know what you thought was strange. Yeah, it's can't so wait strange. So, so you can go down the armor route, and you can go medium armor, and the class also has a function uh, overdrive. Yep. Which basically makes you more combat focused. It is a surprising, especially for like kind of an intellectual, like I'm the inventor class. Mm. It is surprisingly combat focused, like getting into melee combat. Oh, yeah. And I found that very intriguing. Yeah, certainly. I mean, not what I think of when I always think of like little fidgety folks who, (laughs) you know, like gnomes and things. Yeah. That may not want to get, you know, hit. But I mean, there is that group of folks that just want to put on some metal armor, power armor, essentially, and go to town. Yeah, and yeah, and the the variability of what you can do is really interesting. Like, there's an entire um, feat tree you can go up that just adds dice. And I was just imagining building like an All Might character, and you're just leveling up mm. the the smashes that you can do. So there's some <laughs> like. There's some very cool uh, stuff in this one. So definitely worth a read. Um, I, I can't even begin to go over all the cool. Like Jess was sitting next to me as I was reading this and I was just like, oh my God, they have this. Oh my God, this is just like this thing. Yeah, it's true. Um, there is a question from B on the Discord. What is your favorite feat for the inventor? Favorite feat for the inventor. Oh, I've. <clears throat> I know what mine is, but. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. I've got to go look up what the name of it is. <laughs> one sec. All right. You okay. Launch us off, Jess. I'm gonna launch us off then. My favorite for probably for the name itself is no no. I created you, um, and it's essentially a reaction you can take or you can get to let you um, keep your construct from being controlled or confused. But I hmm. they did such a great job naming these feats. <laughs> no, the the text on these actually is really funny. Whoever wrote these has like a great sense of humor. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're usually pretty good about it. Um I'm gonna say just because uh again Jordan was kind of making like the all might joke a second ago, but I'm a particularly big fan of the uh the megaton the megaton and then gigaton strike. Yeah just for the naming convention. Exactly. Also. That is good. Jordan, just- you're not getting any sound. I'm not getting any sound. That is what I'm hearing. Your sound is acting strangely. Uh, Our uh, sound is fine. Well, this it says it's. We're there. experiencing technical difficulty. Oh. We have someone else that says that they're only getting Jordan out of one ear. You're back, but only left channel. Left channel. How am I only on left channel? Curious. Ah, uh, the I've, reason I've, that we I record things. Sworn and I it. fixed this mm-hmm. last time. I don't know. It's a mystery. Well, we can talk about the collapse armor feat that essentially makes me think of the Jetsons where you put your armor into a uh, 
like a suitcase you carry around with you. Oh, it made me think of, mm. of Iron Man 2 yeah. when he has the, the armor that he puts on on the racetrack. Mm. I mean, that's probably the better one, but I just really like the idea of things folding up into suitcases that you carry around. Why? Oh, I am only coming out of one channel. Dang it. Okay, people can hear you, but they can only hear you off of one channel. But they are yeah, well, saying Jess and I can, can, uh, can banter while Jordan tries to correct that issue. So mm -hmm. that's true. So what feats did you like in here, Rick? Uh, again, the yeah, I really like the uh, the Megaton Strike, the Gigaton Strike. I'm not gonna lie, um, I was a lot more excited for the Gunslinger. So That's I spent. So I think I spent a lot more time looking at the gunslinger than the inventor. You know, there is a question about inventors. Uh, the inventor got overshadowed a bit because it was released with the gunslinger, but they get <laughs> access to some really neat gadgets, kind of like an alchemist. Um, the question kind of talks about gadgets, but I do think it got overshadowed. We'll come back to the question when, when we're in gadgets. Um, I do think it got overshadowed because it's kind of. A it's like a brand new class. I don't. There's not anything really like it in first edition, and yeah, it really it's, touches it's on those yeah. on those steampunk th steampunk themes. Um, in a kind of in a really satisfying way. Yeah, well, it's it's a very interesting conceptually, and I know for a lot of people they were a little bit. Uh, I think someone just mentioned in the chat that it uh, sounds more science fictiony, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, there's there's always been an element even since the very beginning i remember um i guess very minor spoiler here uh rise of the rune lords there's a clockwork mm. automaton that you run into in that and so yeah. the idea of like clockwork level technology that's being rediscovered i've never felt as that far out of uh out of left field for yeah. for Paizo. Well, for galarian specifically like there's clockwork in ancient civilization tons and tons of clockwork stuff yeah well, and especially with, um, you know, New Thassalon coming back, like a lot of that, like lost ancient clockwork construction knowledge can come back. I should have fixed it also so that I'm coming out of both ears now. Please let us know if he didn't. <laughs> uh, okay, I did, I did find my, my favorite feat and uh, both for the description and for possibly it being, there might have to be an FAQ for this because of how powerful it is. Uh, it is a second level inventor feat called Searing Restoration. It, it reads, they told you there was no way that explosives could heal people, but they were fools. <laughs> fools who didn't understand your brilliance. So you create an explosion from your innovation and it heals uh, either yourself or an adjacent creature for a D10. That's, I thought you were going to say you failed to account for this. Oh, I, I also like, like that. that give you reactions. <laughs> reactions are like the best. Yeah, but uh, I love that it, it heals you for a D10. Doesn't seem to have a recovery. It's a one action uh, action, but also gives you a save on uh, bleed effects. Mm. Mm. That is pretty so, cool. Because you literally are cauterizing wounds. So, you know, you're probably going to look a little messed up, but, you know, need <laughs> a battle. Fair. All right. So, uh, Automaton? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yep. then, yeah, our one ancestry is the automaton, which uh, if you saw our last live show with Luis Loza, he was showcasing mm -hmm. at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I think automatons are really interesting. Um, as one of those people who always wants to play sentient robots, you know, if you give them the <laughs> chance. <laughs> um, so the the lore of automatons is really interesting because I had never heard of the Jiska Imperium before um, reading it, but basically, at I think the... they may have been mentioned in passing once or twice in Mummy's Mask. Maybe, but... yeah. But uh, their lore is that uh, the Jiska Imperium was kind of in battled with uh, Osirian at kind of the, the tail end of their, you know, empire, and they were losing. Um, and so they decided to start taking the souls of living people and putting them into machines, uh, basically mm -hmm. finding a way to give them immortality and new bodies. Um, so uh, if anybody has played 5e, you may be familiar, or, uh, or 4e, or wherever... Eberron setting has been there's been the Warforged in that setting and one of the mm -hmm. big downsides to those was you can't be healed by positive energy or any kind of normal healing stuff you needed repair kits or something they fixed that um, so automatons can be healed by positive energy there's a whole cyber blurb about how they are actually living creatures you can be affected by mind affecting you know poisons and things like that um, but they're basically living robots but you know living robots that have been around for thousands of years and some of them or most of them in fact have completely lost their original like purpose like they don't sure. even remember their names or anything like that so you can kind of use that to just be whatever you want to be yeah i really like the art that they have of this uh the mage automaton mm. because it's mm, yeah. it's just so delightful it's like white and purple like bright purple and bright blue and it's like dancing through the air drawing magic symbols in the sky like it's very fun yeah, the body design reminds me a lot of like um, Final Fantasy style plate mill. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very <clears throat> fantastical. If that makes but sense. But it's still gonna well, give you that yeah. nice V shape, like Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, you gotta have the V shape do. for sure. But it's it's neat because it gives it has a very distinctive appearance, and it also its appearance is so distinctive from all of the other constructs. So like, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be mistaken for being an inventor's companion or something. It's like, no, this thing is obviously something odd and kind of, it looks ancient because it is so different from the modern mm -hmm. technology. Well, it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing where like in this setting, modern, uh, you know, steampunk or clockwork technologies are very crude in terms yeah. of using gears, having a lot of like, you know, rough edges, if you will, whereas you know, looking at the Jiska Imperium at like the height of golem crafting and things like that. It's very, it's smooth lines. It's very like artistic as well as functional kind of it's design. It's very Horizon Zero Dawn. It's super Horizon Zero Dawn. And I'm going to guess Luis Lowe's a crib from that. I'm going to call it now. <laughs> it's lovely. Um, it's so good. I wouldn't assume, especially because like the, I, I do see the Horizon Zero Dawn element to it. Um, it's the single eye for Again, me. it's the... Well, I think it's just the really smooth, and that's just like the the mage has the single eye. If you look at the sharp the shooter, have or oh, you're warriors, right. No, they do have different. Yeah, they have different designs. But again, it's just it's this very sleek design that reminds me of uh, uh, if you've ever seen the plate armor that were like the Persian plate armor that was worn in the uh, the uh, Byzantine Empire, the late time of. Uh, what am I thinking? I've lost it. Maybe Darius. Um, it has that same, it's a very sleek, polished design with just this hint of filigree to it. Mm, yeah. True. And so yeah. it looks 
minimalist but still stylized so it's like this should impress and be imposing because they're machines built for war yeah at the same time they're intended for war so they shouldn't be gaudy or you know ostentatious so yeah i i really i find the design very sleek and i'm glad that since they're including an automaton they decided to dig into the well of the lore for the setting yeah that's always the best part of of picking a a weird ancestry is that you get to kind of play with something you don't usually play with, which includes the lore piece. Cause how often do you get to play someone who was technically around in the Jessica Imperium, but they don't really remember it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I had to purge. I had, you know, I only have a hundred years worth of memory storage. So I have to purge (laughs) it every once in a while. If you find any hard drives, let me know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, the automatons are interesting because they're, um, this would be like heritages, um, for lack of a better term, um, is they have like different configurations for what your kind of base template is. Um, so you can be a hunter automaton, which is you are, you're bipedal, but you can go quadrupedal. Um, so Mm -hmm. you can get a faster movement speed. Um, if you want to be like a scout or an assassin or something like, like that, like a big kitty or a You're, wolf. Well, I mean, you can look like however you want, but yeah. Um, you, based I think on, they specifically say they look like uh, pack hunters. Like yeah, they look like a- animal designs of some sort. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. You can be the mage automaton, um, which is um, what does it give you an arcane? Yeah, it gives you an arcane uh, cantrip. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just want more cantrips. Or if you um, don't want to be an arcane class. Or, yeah, I was going to say, you, really, you do a non-arcane class, but then give that, and it's like Electric Arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone chooses Electric Arc. Um, you can be a sharpshooter automaton, which is uh, you know more like you're just a ranged combatant. I um, like that it gives you auto-aim here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, do get, you do get a, a single action to uh, aim. Um, and then you can be a warrior automaton, which is just, you know... I hit things with melee or natural attacks or whatever, you know, you use. Someone yeah. in the chat has asked, wasn't the dwarf you restored from stone in the parched dunes from around the Jiska era? It's possible. I'd have to look up my notes. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't remember. It's a good question. It is possible. <laughs> Possibly. All right. Um, last, here's the, let's wrap up this with a question from beyond the discord. If you were to mm-hmm. use the automaton for a weird ancestry class combo, what would it be? Hmm. Weird ancestry class combo. Mm-hmm. I guess seemingly like they wouldn't go together type combo. My very first thought and. It's a little bit more 1E than 2E because of the change they've made to the class was Bard. Where, uh-huh. like, you just start playing, like, a music box to do, like, uh-huh. performance stuff. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you just, you're turning the crank inside of your uh, chest cavity. <laughs> yep, you just open your mouth and creepy music comes out. <laughs> that inspires um, people somehow. Inspiring cool. creepy music. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's uh, if there's necessarily, like, a really odd combo um it'd probably be weird to be a uh, a paladin of something or a cleric where it's like you know you have a divine deity but maybe your deity no longer even existed hmm. well i mean with cassandali and uh Bri, Bri, right? yeah yeah i mean both of those would make a lot of sense also 
True. Oh, that's true. Yeah, for the more like recent deities, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mine is plant druid. Hmm. Oh, because you're a robot you kind person. Of have, yeah, you're like a robot person, but you're very into nature and stuff. It's kind of an interesting. Maybe play the mage version. So you have the arcane spark or whatever, but you mostly do like druidic magic. Yeah. And then you have you're a leshy the, friend, and that's cool. Yeah, you could be one of the uh the little the hunter ones where they're quadrupeds and have like oh. a little terrarium set up on your back. Oh that's rad. That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> you mostly hibernate. You're like a sloth, you know, you mostly hibernate so that moss can grow on you. Yeah. And then you activate <laughs> once every couple hundred years and <laughs> roam around. And jump out like a Voltron lion. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think I made the, awesome. I think I made the joke when we when we were doing the Gen Con thing about the Hunter one just being Beast Wars, uh, Transformers. Mm. <laughs> I'm a yep, I'm a robot, true. but I turn into a a cheetah sometimes. Very cool. Anything else about the automaton, Jordan? Um, no. I mean, I think that's about it. Um, the yeah. your ancestry feats they just enhance your body. Um basically mm. with like different uh, they literally called them enhancements but um you know ways to get better at whatever you want to get better at so yeah that's pretty much it all right so backgrounds lots of backgrounds in this book by the way yeah so um mm-hmm. both yeah both of the books have um backgrounds in them but they've they've broken them apart on which ones they apply to so the backgrounds in gears apply more towards clockworks and uh things like that yeah. so if you're somebody that wants to have some connection to um you know maybe you're from Hold or something like that and you're looking for a background that you feel like would fit then looking in gears you're going to find more things that are related to clockworks or something like that like one of them i think is literally saved by a clockwork <laughs> it is and the art for saved by a clockwork is the most debonair and dashing man i've ever seen in my whole life Though, why he's trying to wind his heart up and put a jacket on at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. I just saw him immediately thought fantasy Tony Stark. Yes, because he's got an Iron Man, like, it's like a yeah, he's got like an Iron Man heart. robotic heart that he's got yeah. to keep wound all the time. Which is really cool. <laughs> he could literally give someone the key to his heart. Oh. Uh, so romantic. So romantic. <laughs> he should be an NPC that died in the past, and then we can find out his story through journals or something. Yep. You know how oh, goodness. games do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, After that, yeah. we get into the uh, archetypes, I believe. Yes, yes. we do. Um, I do also appreciate under before they get to the rare backgrounds. There's a picture of um, I'm guessing it's Cassandali because it's like a robotic hand, but then looking into a well is a person. Maybe it's just somebody with prostheses. I can't really tell. Oh no, that's um, one of the backgrounds the rare backgrounds is wished alive which is basically your pinocchio that's a mechanical oh. woman throwing a coin into a wishing well wishing to be alive and then becoming alive oh that's so cool that makes, okay that makes story. way more sense because i was looking at that like <laughs> i thought Cassandra was an android in life like this is weird no no it's it's uh you're basically just pinocchio it's well, one of your background options there we curious. are curious curious yes but uh so archetypes wise boy. You do get the uh, the inventor multi-class archetype, of course. Sure. Um, you then get uh, specific ones that uh, give you some kind of gear ability, uh, more mm-hmm. or less. So mm-hmm. your Overwatch um, gets enhanced visual gear. Like you get the ability to like watch the battlefield and like you can even like eventually look around corners and stuff. It's really cool. 
That's cool. Yeah. Um, the Sterling Dynamo, which Very whoever cool. came up with that, you know, thumbs up because uh, Sterling Dynamo, man, that's cool. That gives mm-hmm. you like a silver prosthesis that um, yeah, you can uh, you can use for you know various uh, abilities and things, which are pretty cool. Uh, Trapsmith, if you just want to do traps. <laughs> Like, I have never been able to work traps in very well. That's in what adventures. I was thinking too. There's a whole section in this what we'll get into about snares and things. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to <laughs> do that as your thing, then yeah, you can you can do that. Um, there is the trick driver, which is you're a vehicle pilot, uh, more or less. <laughs> Um, Tokyo drift. Well, Absalom drift. I was gonna say yeah. Yep. You you ride around on a vehicle of some sort, and you know you can. It's all geared around being a good pilot. Um, and then the vehicle mechanic, which is all around fixing the vehicle. So, like, these kind of go hand in hand if you're wanting to build vehicles into some sort of an adventure. So, like, I don't know, some overland adventure and you want to have everybody in the same uh, thing. Because with the vehicle mechanic and the trick driver, it's usually for a specific vehicle that you're very versed in. Mm. So That's your able- bucket of bolts. So, it's like, yeah, this, this, you know, there are many like it, but this one is mine kind of a of a vibe. Mm-hmm. So I thought the Overwatch one was the coolest personally, just because um, the ability to like eventually get the ability to forewarn your allies about danger and things like that. Like there's some there's some very interesting abilities if you wanted to go deep into that that you can get um, that give you like a like I said the ability to look around corners and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. You also have this amazing art of, is it Droven or Dovin? The the iconic inventor with this amazing wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It's actually oh, a two-page gotten... spread because the uh, uh, the Dwarven oh. Gunslinger is building a prosthetic. Uh, on, the other, on the other side, oh. yeah. And Werp yeah. is there, arms to the sky, helping his papa. Because you can tell he's done. <laughs> he's wiping his brow, which means it's completed. I love Werp. <laughs> I'm here for Werp. We're going to have to come up with a voice for Werp. I foresee it. So yeah, that kind of gets us into the gears and equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it might be jumping ahead a little bit, but it does include um, both prosthesis as well as like, uh, I guess, uh, mobility devices. Yeah, they they call it mobility devices. So uh, yeah, wheelchairs um, and things like that. And they, they do talk about like, one of the interesting things about this is the talk about like prostheses and mobility devices as being affordable which I thought was amazing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we'd, we'd wish it was things like that were affordable. Um, <laughs> hey, it's so a fantasy cool. game. But yeah, I liked the... Uh, uh, we'll Their fantasy world, they can have universal healthcare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> gosh, and here I've been expending my own money to get buy healing potions. Jeez, I could have just gone to the local doc. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> get you a doc the, in your party, obviously. Yeah, the Gears, uh, the Gears equipment is basically broken down into the following uh, major categories. So you have combat gear, which are really just weapons that you can wear. <laughs> cool. Like for a better term, um, I, one of my favorites is the uh, backpack ballista. So like, <laughs> it's literally a backpack, but you can pull a lever and like a little ballista will pop over your shoulder, and you can like basically use it like a poor man's rocket launcher. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, but it's it's that, and there's like some other like gear specific weapons. So like, there's a couple of new weapons in there, including like a uh, it's like a fist um, that like slides over your fist, but it gives you reach. So if you wanted to have like, you know, extra reach, you can get that, um, which was my. I think we had a question from the Discord 
uh, probably applies to all segments of what our favorite piece of gear is. Yes, it is very much. Are there any gadgets that you can see being exceptionally useful or really fun to use on a character from Eagle King, one of the mods of the Discord? Well, how about, how about uh, Jordan, if you want to sum up what all the different segments are here, and then we could each throw out our favorite. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so combat gear, uh, you have gadgets, which is basically consumable technologies. Um, mm -hmm. That's also one of the things you can do in the inventor is you can learn how to craft that, kind of like an alchemist in their potions. Cool. Um, you get siege weaponry, so that's rules and the various types of siege weapons, um, including some I had to look up because I'd never heard of before. Um, there is a whole section on snares and hazards. Um, so these are, uh, you know, everything from things that cause distractions to things that can burn you alive. Um, and then various hazards that are technology-based, so electric traps, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, then they have um, a breakdown where they talk about like kind of three different rarities of technolo technology. Um, so there's kind of like, you know, things that don't need power, things that use clockworks, and then what they call Stasian technology, um, which is in the lore imported from... Uh, Minor, actually fairly major spoiler potentially there. Well, they, they talk... For, about, it's up to for you. For Reign of Winter, right? Yes. Well, because they talk about it coming from Erison. That's... The gist of it is it's some electric stuff that comes from Erison. Don't ask, you know, why. <laughs> Don't um, ask questions. But that's the rare Don't and powerful ask. technology. I think, like, some of the lowest stuff I found was, like, you know, item level 10 kind of stuff. Um, mm. So they have the Stasian technology, and then they have utility gear. So the utility gear is the kind of stuff that is, some of it's clockwork powered, but it's basically just generic utility items that could be useful for any character. Um, and then it gets into mobility devices. Um, so that's your wheelchairs and prostheses. And then mm -hmm. vehicles. So there's an entire thing about vehicle rules, how to use vehicles, and then a bunch of different types of vehicles. Yes. Very nice. All right. So we have to pick a favorite out of all of that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and throw a favorite out. One total or one each? Uh, I think if we did one each, we'd be here for it a take very forever. Long yeah, let's do one total. Your favorite item in the entire thing. I'm going to go with wind up wings. They are essentially wings that you can attach to like your knife or whatever, and it'll make them fly. <laughs> you can throw them at people and they'll fly back to you and they can do a lot of different things. I like that the higher cool. upgrades, it comes back. Yes. <laughs> it comes I love back it. to you and just floats there for a bit. I love it. I thought there that many was really like cool. it, but this one is mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, find mine oh there it is so my favorite is actually one of the vehicles um just because it seems super weird um it's called the snail coach and <gasps> is it, it a big snail no it's not so it looks <laughs> like basically there's like two compartments on either end of it and then there's like a flexible side in the beginning of it and uh it excretes a thing that causes difficult terrain behind it but it can go up on walls so it literally can oh. climb up walls and things but that's i was cool. just like i looked at the picture of it and i was like that's weird yep you're my favorite <laughs> so uh i'm gonna go for just a general utility item which is the impact foam chassis oh yeah. Uh, yeah it's an item level one it only costs three gold pieces but when you fall 10 feet it creates a uh, a soft pliable uh, flexible impact foam that expands around you and cushions your fall <laughs> so it kind of reminds i i wanted to say that that happened in big hero six but i'm not positive um but just like falling off of something and just i remember seeing it from various it's stuff in the speed it definitely racer happened in free guy free, guy, free also. guy yeah so yep. there's a couple of but, things uh, but safety first but yeah it absorbs 20 points of falling damage so 
Awesome. It's, it's pretty neat. good. It's pretty good. And it it's also has multiple levels, which goes up to eventually up to 200 points of falling damage. But yeah. there is a lot of very cool stuff. So, yeah. All right. Okay. So now we're going to move on to guns. This is the gun guns. section. Guns. Um, we have, of course, the gunslinger. We get our Nalmika Iron Sight as our mm -hmm. new iconic gunslinger, who's very cool. If um, I can throw out a general statement yeah. for this entire book. Mm -hmm. I love the amount of love dwarves get in this book. There are a lot of dwarf <laughs> things. Yeah, there's a there's lot, a lot of, dwarf. of dwarf stuff in here. And while, while I am always a little sad to see an iconic replaced, I'm glad that it is uh, one with a, a female dwarf, which is very re rarely represented and two, a female dwarf of color. Yeah, she's so, rad. You know, that's pretty awesome. She is very cool, as are the borders. We're moving into like having little pistols and flames and stuff on our borders instead of gears. Um, but yeah, the gunslinger is an X-Space class. You get a gun, you pick your way of the gunslinger, which is very, it's a very Western. Like if you it want to pick cowboy. It definitely feels Western, yeah. Um, and so you've kind of got the way of the drifter, which is, you know, that lone, you know, gunman. The man with no name. Yep. Yeah. You got the pistolero, which is almost like swashbucklery. Um, they mm. use pistols; they're very like sharp-witted and whatnot. Well, they cut, they're kind of musketeers because they do uh, mm. like weapon and pistol. Yeah, that's true. It's that's kind true. of like the one-e swashbuckler a little bit, but without the the panache and everything. It's just you focus more on the guns, but you also use a sword. Yeah. Well, and you you talk, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, there's the way of the sniper, which is sneaky, shooty people, and it's pretty the... great that you can do that. And it's in true. The, system. the way of the vanguard is more um almost like a defensive um moving things out of the way kind of you know heavy weapon it, it's know. like the it's like using like your your weapon to like make people scatter and and yeah. give like people a breathing room and stuff like that it kind as, of, a, kind as of a fun bust. side note with it uh you can get effectively your gun can get so big that you can use it to parry later yeah it gives yes, you an yeah. armor bonus because you carry guns so big <laughs> it's so blunderbuss cool. so big <laughs> so essentially um i think i think it was ross we were talking about this class and he was like it's a busy class um you know you, yeah. every way gets a reload like a special reload that gives mm -hmm. you something very flavorful like a sniper can take cover while they reload pistoleros can demoralize enemies like they each of them gets one thing they do while they spend that action to reload because of course you have to reload your gun like, like every all turn. the time and i i like that they took something that used to be a real drain and made it fun like, yeah, they added a little something they added a little yeah. something to make it not just like and then i spend an action reloading you know then i shoot again and then there's also a neat thing with the uh the ways where each one of them gives you a free action that's uh, triggered by rolling initiative. Mm -hmm. So it's just this that's cool, true. like, hey, you know, I rolled initiative, and I think one of them is literally called like ten paces, where you roll initiative and then you can move ten feet. Oh, that's the pistol arrow <laughs> one, I think. Yeah, yeah. But they've just got a lot of uh, of really neat abilities with that as well. Yeah, so they're very cool. Um, I suppose we should talk about our favorite feats for gunslingers. We do have that question from B hanging out. So I will go first. My favorite feat is the pistol twirl. Oh, um, you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so flavorful. You spend an action to twirl your gun um, and you can make people flat footed and, and kind of 
faint essentially which is very cool and very very gunslinger very cinematic so not to pull a rachel here (laughs) but i do actually have two oh my um one isn't really flashy but the uh the grit and tenacity reaction where if you fail a fortitude saver we'll save you can re-roll it and i just one love the name to it but two just that idea of i just power through uh, but it's not very flashy or anything else. Uh, so I'll actually use a different reaction, which is a <laughs> deflecting shot, which is that if an ally, um, what was it? If an ally in the first ranging commit of your firearm or crossbow is hit by an attack, you can see the attacker. You can, um, oh, wait, no, that's not the one I was thinking. Redirecting shot, sorry, was the one I was thinking, which is where an ally misses with a ranged attack. You can hit their, their ranged attack that missed with your bullet and redirect it back into the enemy. So if someone throws a hand axe and misses, you can shoot the hand axe and cause it to fly like back on course, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of those where it's like you use a bullet to like redirect or deflect or something. So one of them yeah. that I liked that's a, an eighth level feat is a bullet split where you put your dagger in front of your gun and split the bullet to hit two targets simultaneously. As long as they're adjacent to each other, you know, rules and conditions mm-hmm. apply. And uh, I can say, having watched Forged and Fire, that means that that dagger is very well made to be able to do <laughs> that. That's true. Yeah. So, um, you know, the other thing is, you get through Gunslinger, there's tons of cool Gunslinger stuff. I think it kind of, I think it lives up to the hype. Um, a lot of people were very excited about it. Um and it's cool. It still feels like a gunslinger. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of archetype. So first of all, there's tons of backgrounds here as well. They are very wild west. Um, there's they range from common to uncommon to rare. So there's things there's, like back alley doctor, which there's gives literally you one where you're surgery. a deputy. You know, like there's you're, sheriff. You're the, you're the, yeah, there's sheriff for the deputy. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play wood, uh, Wolfwood from Trigun, you can be a wandering preacher with a big old gun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, and of course you could just straight up be a revenant. Like that's a rare background now. Yeah. So very died. interesting. Now I'm back. Yeah, and I'm there's a reason that it's rare. <laughs> I'm played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Of course, of course. And there's a bear. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, after kind of those, you have the archetypes. There are a lot of them. Um, yeah. You know, everything from, of course, the gunslinger itself, but the artillerist, which is kind of siege weapon focused, the beast gunner, which is maybe the coolest archetype in the book, in my opinion. It's uh, it's Arcadian. You bond with your beast gun, which is like kind of like a magical, almost like a living gun. You get yeah. spell sling. You get drain vitality, which lets you essentially take your beast gun's energy and heal yourself with it. It's a very cool archetype. Um, yeah. And then there's I, I do like oh, the yeah. the the bullet dancer that's right after that because it makes me think of equilibrium. Mm. You're using a like bit. the l- little bit of kung fu in there. True. There's like the bullet dancer that's kind of like that. The demolitionist, which is about blowing stuff up, obviously. Fireworks technician, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. They're very good at naming things in second edition. Um, The pistol phenom, which is you're essentially kind of like a flashy pistol person without being a full gunslinger. Um, Sniping duo is interesting 
because you that's get a, probably you, my favorite. Yeah, you yeah. have a spotter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, a, it's I, like a teamwork based one. Well, yeah, it even more so than I guess the abilities the class gives you is the concept of the of the archetype, and I'd like yeah. to see it move forward into other things. This idea of having an archetype that ties in so well with another PC, mm-hmm. and then in essence, kind of augments the other PC to work with you. So I like the idea behind that, just because it's a it's fun. I'd be interested to see what other doors they open up with that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the spell shot. We actually have a question about the spell shot from Dizzy Dwarf, which is thoughts on the spell shot archetype. It's a jumble of neat skills, but there's no synergy and feels very weak overall. My thought on it is uh, if sniping duo is not my favorite, it's probably my favorite. Hmm. And in large part, it I have a habit of prefer- preferring uh, form to function sometimes when it comes to classes mm-hmm. where it's if it's really cool conceptually, mm. even if it's a little weaker, that's fine. It it kind of feels like a gunslinger version of the one E arcane archer where uh, you have some bit, magical yeah. ability. Um, I mean, don't sleep on energy shot, which allows you to put elements into your weapons especially because you get thoughtful reload where when you reload, you can make a recall knowledge against the opponent that you can see. Then you can identify if they have any elemental weaknesses and then you can use your energy shot to then take advantage of their elemental weakness. So it actually has a really good synergy that plays together. Um, Beyond that, the recall ammunition where you get back bullets that you miss is really fun. Phase bullets. The uh, the phase bullet. Mm. And don't even get me started on the black powder um, embodiment, which for anyone not to go into any spoilers in case uh, everyone's not completely caught up. But if you're familiar with the, uh, the Oshumentals, it is a very similar thing where you can mm. shoot a bullet and then travel <laughs> along the course of your bullet and then appear within 10 feet of where your bullet strikes. That is pretty rad. Yeah. It's an 18th level ability, but well, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool though. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's parts of it where it's, it's very cool. It's almost as though they went, Magus, but not Magus, guns, and then kind of did some things that almost could have been Magus type things, but only really applied to guns and put them into this archetype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, of course, lastly, is the unexpected sharpshooter, which is is kind of interesting because you choose between being lucky or being very skilled and hiding it. (laughs) So very fun. Very, very, very much like a lot of like. uh of animes and things where like you have the kind of like doofy main character but they're actually really good when it counts mm-hmm. <laughs> or like they play they play drunk and then they suddenly are amazing at the thing or whatever yeah yep yeah it's cool and then of course you get into your equipment which is all the guns um so many all the guns weapons <laughs> but it starts with this history of guns on galarian and it kind of shows you you know where where and when and how black powder was invented and kind of what was going on with dong and hold and how industry became a thing and so there's a lot of really great lore tucked away into this equipment section yeah uh, especially relating to this type of equipment which is really cool there are some gigantic spoilers for reign of winter mm-hmm. um, oh yeah so you know plug your ears for a second but i really like having like world war one revolvers and weapons like pointed out as like these exist but here are some ways to deal with it if you don't want it in your game etc like it's it's very cool yep you can unplug your ears now 
You can now unplug your ears. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a whole section on that. So keep that in mind. Um, and then, of course, we have a question from XRoot, which is, what do you think about the way they choose to balance guns versus other ranged weapons? I think the complaint has been they're pretty much just crossbows. It's true. Um, yeah. Damage wise. They get, they get the uh, the fatal trait uh, pretty yeah. much. Um I don't know. I feel like on the one hand, the way we think of firearms and firearms historically were devastating in combat. I mean, they were, they turned the tides when you were going places that didn't have guns um, in ways that just wouldn't really be fun if you were playing a game and like one person with a gun can kill the big bad and you just showed up and you're like, well, I guess, you know, why even buy this bow or this sword? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I certainly wouldn't want to sacrifice the fun of the game for trying to make them like more powerful also there's not touch ac anymore yeah and that was what really made them op i think and well op very powerful in in first edition yeah a common i guess a common misconception a lot of times with uh with guns and with crossbows to a degree actually uh is the idea that you know guns made armor Mm. worthless and like actually a breastplate will still stop a bullet at the, yep. you know, at the time period that a flintlock pistol was used. I mean, yeah, we've got armor piercing rounds now that will go through, you know, a foot of steel, but back in the day, if you fired, you know, a musket shot at someone, it's like, yeah, you know, a, a breastplate would potentially stop it. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the whole reason that the, the guns and in crossbows as kind of a parallel to it, became more and more prevalent and more and more useful and more commonly used in war was the fact that they're so much easier. Yes. There's there's a lot, there's a lot of skill that goes into using a bow and learning how to like arch the bow and, you know, uh, you know, accommodate for, uh, you know, the range and the drop on and all the rest of that. And while that is also there for like a crossbow or a pistol, the learning curve is a lot less steep. And so if mm-hmm. you have untrained individuals, especially with a crossbow, then, you know, crank, pull back, fire. Um, you know, and then but- in the chat, we've got a lot of folks talking about the same things. Um, and yeah. guns do get distance, especially the more modern the gun. Yeah, um, they, they yeah. do have a blurb in here that does talk about it. And basically their explanation for it is these guns are not as accurate as you think they are. Um, so mm. most of the time, like we like to think of like, oh, I just got a big hit cause it hit, you know, 10 points of damage or whatever, but you're hitting glancing blows for the most part. Yeah. And then there's like the one final blow that actually drops you, you know, that's kind of how a lot of it looks in like, you know, movies and things. So when you're hitting somebody and you're not criticaling them or whatever, you're hitting little nicks, you're, you're finding small points to make them bleed, mm-hmm. but you're not going in and like stabbing them in the heart right like that's the mm-hmm. the kill shot as it were you know yeah, yeah well and, so, and in in the magic gorgeous. fantasy world your armor is magic and who knows what mm-hmm. the heck magic like does do to do a bullet armor, when it hits yeah. it yeah yeah well if you're looking at balance especially you know i always hate to go back to the real world versus the you know the fantasy exactly what jessica was right just there saying where it's like it is a fantasy setting mm-hmm. you would also get into the argument of well sure maybe the bullet should do more uh, but maybe they're not putting enough black powder into it because you're reloading it in two seconds. That's oh, true. Yeah. You're obviously not yeah. putting a lot of powder or packing it properly or anything else. You're just kind of shoving it in there and firing because true. arguably, you know, it would probably take a full round or two 
to reload a musket. Well, and, uh, and even, keep in mind, like a blunderbuss, for instance, is literally just whatever you shove yeah, in pellets. there and black powder <laughs> and go like you can and go and you you pretty much like that is just all by guesswork, you know, and like by yeah. experience. So it's it's on a the, fairly imprecise process on the pure mechanic side. It is just a different type of weapon. And I think a lot of people that play the gunslinger are used to the guns just being a superior weapon. Hmm. And that isn't really the case in 2E as much. Mm -hmm. They just have different stats. They, the ranges are different. The damage is different, but they are similar weapons. That makes sense. Um, so we also have a question about the scatter trait. So that's from mm -hmm. Deneve, our moderator on Discord. What is your take on the divisive scatter trait? Divisive? Apparently it is, is it divisive. divisive? Oh, okay. um, let me go ahead and find it so I can read it to you. This weapon fires a cluster of pellets in a wide spray. Scatter always has an area listed with it, indicating the radius of the spray. On a hit, the primary target of an attack with a scatter weapon takes the listed damage, and the target and all other creatures within the listed radius around it take one splash damage per weapon damage die. It doesn't it's the only thing me. that jumps out to me immediately is that you're getting a plus one to damage per damage dice because it affects the primary target in addition to everyone else with the splash damage also mm. i mean that's the only thing that immediately strikes me as being maybe a little unbalancing i'm, I'm not sure that that's that dissimilar yeah i wonder if people it's, think it's weird because it doesn't do damage to everybody in the cone or it does well, it does it just does yeah. splash damage to everyone in the cone is it not it doesn't feel that that dissimilar from alchemist bombs to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, no, nothing immediately strikes me as being uh, I would have to look in to see what the uh, the general discussion pertaining towards that is, because I'll I'll admit I have. Oh, dug into uh, according the, uh, the to somebody in the chat, it's a burst, not a cone. Oh, well, that is weird. That is. <laughs> so what am I lobbing a grenade like a little like grenade or something? That is kind of weird. Okay, that's weird. I can see why people think that's weird. Yeah. So, okay, I can definitely see the the strangeness. But then again, if you fired your pistol and it was like a 20-foot cone or something like that, that would be a little bit difficult, hmm. I guess, to hmm. manage. Yeah, because so. you run into that issue where it's like, okay, I can do a cone of cold, right? But positioning yourself to where you can do a cone of cold is usually pretty difficult. Yeah, not hit all your allies. And yeah, because mainly it's it's because you're not going to want to hit all your allies. So I think I, maybe their idea was like, one, we don't want to make it more powerful than bombs. And two, we want it to have that same level of utility where you're not just going, okay, I can use this like three times in adventure. I'm ever going to use the scatter quality of this gun, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, so how about we kind of everybody pick their favorite gun? Um. Oh, I've my, got mine already. My favorite gun <laughs> is the Pistol of Wonder because, first of all, it gets its own random table. But second of all, the random table does things like cast Phantom Steed randomly. So you have a horse next to you when you fire Ooh. it um, or when you activate it. So or, you know, it'll cast Disintegrate. Of course, it's a 13th level item, but uh I just love me a random table. I get to roll my D my percentile dice, which is rare that, in second edition. Yes. I was going to say. They hate percentile in second edition. They do. 
but haha, they can be used. Pistol of Wonder, <laughs> only three thousand gold. Only, <laughs> only. Um, so well, I'm gonna I'm, go. Oh. oh, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna go with a uh, a non magical option, mm. but lore heavy. I love the clan pistol. Mm. The dwarves <laughs> okay. of Dungeon Hold, instead of giving someone a clan dagger, they're basically like, it's like, haha, we see this baby is freshly born. Hello, beautiful child. Here's your first gun, and then hands it to the baby and then <laughs> shuffles them off into a crib. And then uh, they grow up. Yeah, they grow up with a pistol, apparently, their entire lives. <laughs> and uh, it ties in great with the uh, dwarven ancestry feat that you can take late, later on to start with your clan pistol. Very so. true. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, playing pistols. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one that actually is a historic weapon, um, called the slide pistol. And what a slide pistol is is it is it is a you know single uh, handheld revolver looking thing on the back, but on the front is five barrels like one next to the other next to the other. And so <laughs> yeah. you would pack each of those individually, and then you pull the trigger and you get the five shots. So I love that they included that because one that is an actual historical weapon, and two it's ridiculous. Because you whip that usually, out and somebody's going to be like, what? <laughs> I usually always saw them where they're splayed. Yeah, yeah, you see them a lot where they like were splayed out. Because like, some of them, I think, fired all the all at once. Maybe these, maybe this fires all at once, too. I might be misremembering. But um, yeah, it, it's just the, the, the intimidation factor of pulling out five barrels and just shoving it in somebody's face that I just think is amazing. Yep. Very cool. Uh, they're also combination weapons. There are, there are. And there's all sorts of ammunition, which is very mm -hmm. cool. Um, things like awakened metal shots, which essentially bypass, uh, what, resistance? I can't quite remember. I'm looking. One moment. They break <laughs> through any resistance. That's it. Hmm. They ignore the first 20 resistance a creature has to physical damage, all damage, or piercing or bludgeoning damage. It's funny because cool. when you say awakened <laughs> ammunition, it makes me think that they're little it's bullet alive. bills. They're little bullet bills with little faces that are just like, <laughs> shoot me, shoot me, yay! Well, they are, they are now. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, There's little googly eyes on them They travel very slow. <laughs> <laughs> and you can I mean, jump on them. You can get kind of the 17th level version. There's like a, a cold iron version that does, um, it, it attempts to disrupt enchantments. So, yeah. and then the silver one kind of does... Um, you know, bad stuff to devils and were creatures, of course. So they're kind of cool. Lots of different types yep. of, of bullets. I Indeed. like that it's also it's different types of bullets, not cartridges like it was. Like it used to be in first edition, like until you got a cartridge weapon, you didn't that was when you started getting the elemental effects and things, and now you can just kind of get bullets that just have special properties or whatever. Mm. And then, of course, they brought back siege weapons, so you can get your cannons and your your rams and you your. You thought you thought one level of siege weapons with with the gears was enough? No, double siege weapons. There's something called a huacha, which is cool. Yeah, importantly, because I've been oh, playing Ghost of Tsushima, they have the huacha in here. The huacha is I've, cool. I've come to love with Ghost of Tsushima. It's cool. Are running cool. over there, taking those. It's basically, like a whole bunch of arrows tied to fireworks. Yep, rocket propelled yeah. arrows. <laughs> I think it's like I think it's like fifty arrows tied to fireworks in like a giant like firework container, and then they just fire randomly out. Yeah, and of yep. course they have things like naval siege tools, like the sambuca. They have all sorts of like a battery tower that you can actually like move. Um, lots of very cool siege weapons. 
again, not that often you really get to mess with siege weapons unless you're like on a ship doing like some sort of ship combat or like in a big like cinematic, you know, city versus city fight. Here's a yeah. prediction. We're going to have a, an adventure path come out that's going to use siege weapons. That feels like... I don't know if they'll actually do it, but I'll, I'll predict it. Uh, I'm thinking Starfinder maybe. I thought maybe the next one was some sort of... Not like a kingmaker, but some sort of thing that might make sense. But now I think I'm making it up. So, um, And then, of course, there are tools and accessories, including earplugs, which is like so practical. Uh, yeah. Of course, you would need earplugs if you're going to be like firing guns all the time. Especially like yep. cannons and things. Those things are loud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can get a ghillie suit, of course. And, Always uh, fun. The there's all sorts of holsters, very cool host holsters and bandoliers and scopes you can put on your gun and tripods, all sorts of things to like There's like mods basically for yeah, your modify your gun and help it do various things like, you know, there's talismans now like the peacemaker. That's a piece of cloth that can cast sanctuary. Um, so lots of very cool ways to trick out your gun. And I think that brings us to our last section here. Uh, which is the rotating gear. It's the entire section is almost more dedicated to talking about like the various places in Galarian that have firearms. Like it's, it's more or less a setting focused section talking about the guns and technology in the Pathfinder setting and where you can find each one and like the history of them in the world of Galarian. I've really liked how really it neat. showed the evolution as it kind of, as things move from place to place. Mm -hmm. Like the the how it spread across the globe and the technology uh, updated over years and years. So there's uh, even a map. Yeah, there's a there's a little map. There's a, a map. I think it's got a little globe thing that shows like all four sides of the uh, the world. Mm -hmm. But so uh, it starts talking with uh, Dongan Holden Akinstar since we're talking about the uh, the inner sea region and kind of the the birthplace of firearms there. Which is, uh, again, it's more dwarf love. So I'm more mm -hmm. than happy to read mm -hmm. more about dwarves being awesome and doing awesome dwarven things, uh, especially making guns. And, yeah. you know, it goes into uh, to a bit more into like Akinstar, the city of smog. Um, pleasant uh -huh. city name there. <laughs> uh -huh. Although it does have an amazing piece of artwork of uh, one of the shield marshals. Mm -hmm. And she looks phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. But it gets so goes into the city some talks a little bit about like the the setting and all the rest of that um, includes those dwarven ancestry feats that I was talking about, including your yep. uh, your clan pistol. I'm sure I was like, oh, Rick's going to like this book. Oh, yeah. yeah. More dwarf love. Uh, then it gets into uh, the Absalom gadgets and gizmos. Which just talks about, you know, well, it's the city at the center of the world. So, of course, it's going to have like a lot of technological stuff. Well, mm -hmm. and it has a, a dedicated building that studies clockworks, so. Yeah. Well, and the Temple of Bry with the clockwork cathedral and, yeah, you know, all of that, the gallery of innovation. Yeah. And I just really appreciate, like, all of the art in the book's great always. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have our, our orc inventor with Werp, uh, the goblin construct. But it seems like he's really buddy-buddy with the... Uh, Ah, uh, what's his name? The Goblin Alchemist Iconic. Because oh, they're always in things together. Fumbus, that's right. Yeah. And it's so cute. I'm like, oh, there's like a Fumbus, and then there's like a little goblin companion made out of clockwork. It's it's just adorable all the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
and then it uh it talks a little bit about arcadia here which is basically like the uh you know they've had guns for ten thousand years. I mean they've had guns so since cool. the times mm-hmm. of uh, Azalot. So they've got like the amazing uh, the beast guns oh. and the various sky metals that they've worked with, and specializing in kind of combining guns and and, and there's magic a map into one form for full thing. And there is a map. Uh, I honestly think that this might be more information on Arcadia than has ever been published anywhere else. Yeah, there was yeah. definitely some new stuff in there. If you're a fr- a fan of the lore. Definitely new stuff. So good. Speaking of lore, this is going to be my last diatribe on this. Dwarves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to pass up the opportunity to mention that apparently in Arcadia, the dwarves and the orcs teamed up to complete the quest for Sky. Huh. And apparently are still on good terms to this day. That's so cool. Where it's just like, we're all buddy, buddy. You're like seven feet tall and green. I'm like four and a half feet tall and. You know, Harry, we're all You can we're get stuff buddy, on the top shelf. I'll get stuff on the bottom shelf. We compliment yeah. each other. Make we're guns. both hearty. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're both, both hearty. hearty. <laughs> yes, so, I love it. I, again, I kind of, I dug a lot through the uh, the Arcadia section because again, there's just not that much out there. And so being able to actually like dig in and and find out more about this this part of the world. Again, I'm hoping that this is this is teasing that we're, we're getting that much closer to an Arcadian adventure path or uh i'm ready for course setting book the guy uh, there's kind of this guy with this amazing headdress and this really oh, yeah. like dope shoulder cloak but he's also got like two pistols he's very mm-hmm. cool looking all of the people in this are very cool yep uh they then talk about Jiskasum, which is mm-hmm. of course is very fascinating it's got that whole uh as we we're talking earlier that super advanced civilization that was you know brought low and yeah, every once in a while, like the picture that opens the segment is literally these these cl- the constructs climbing up out of the desert sands mm-hmm. as if they've just been buried for aeons and are like, oh, so I guess cool. we'll wake up now. <laughs> it's time to spring the trap. <laughs> yep. So it goes into like, you know, elemental constructs, fiend constructs, which are just neat. Uh, mortal constructs, which is, you know, what we're talking about with the uh, the automatons. Yeah, um, which is basically their last ditch effort of trying to stop the Osirianis from conquering them, which inevitably failed. But mm. you know, genies. Yeah, again, like sets. you know, <laughs> yeah. more more information <laughs> about the Jiska Imperium than I had seen anywhere else. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So very. If cool. you want to know more, more about uh, uh, their conquerors, at the very least, you can. Yeah, I imagine most of you probably already listened to Mummy's Mask, but uh, if you're if you're Hell's Rebels fans and haven't tried out Mummy's Mask, go give Mummy's Mask a shot. Yeah. But they also talk about grafting there. And uh, the second section that I think I was the most excited for here, and you guys can uh, can give me the feedback that you think on this, was the shackles. Mm. Because okay. having, I actually ran Skull and Shackle before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you have. And it's odd running it without like running a pirate game without cannons and pistols yeah yeah so actually having yeah so it's just like oh well we're a bunch of pirates and everyone pull out your hand crossbows and start yeah that's strange so it gets into like naval combat and all the rest of that cool and uh then it talks about teen shaw and uh vudra ah vudra lore yep a little bit more vudra vudra lore. lore You know, birthplace of a uh, black powder. So yeah. So it gets into the whole lore there, and then eventually uh, fireworks and all the rest of that, and then dives into uh, 
Ustalov, which again gets into the whole like a uh, eh, spoiler territory, but um, Ustalov apparently importing some uh, interesting technology from uh, Irison. That front cover of that section with the flying like pirate ship coming up out of this graveyard is it's just so rad. Yep. <laughs> with all the skulls and everything oh, yes. forming the prow, it's pretty great. Yep. And little uh, like, you know, electrical arcs going along the uh, the rows, the Ah, oh, so rows. cool. Paddles. Oars, the oars. Oars, that's what I was looking for. Paddles are just short oars. <laughs> yep. And then uh <laughs> After that, it gets into the glossary, which has the uh, is words. It's words. Although I do love that they have the like the sketch work of yeah, all the of guns. these different mm-hmm. pistol designs. Yeah, including what looks like to be a fish gun, which it's is so just cool. kind of neat. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I guess that goes into your beast gun if you're just like, aha, I have a beast gun. It's a fish. They they can do that. I love beast guns. They're so weird. I need to play it with shoots, them. It shoots piranhas. All right, so I guess we'll wrap up with some kind of uh, questions, more general questions. Um, so we have guns or gears from Mirror. Guns. Gears. Tiebreaker. Guns. guns. Oh, I'm the lone man out. Because Beast Gunner. Otherwise, it would be gears. <laughs> All right, well, I, I say it's gears just because the inventor was really cool. The inventor was cool. We, uh, I don't think we mentioned this up at the top, but of course, if you guys have any questions, feel free to throw them out in the chat. And uh, yes, yes. we're going to do a little Q&A here at it's the true. end. Um, yes. Favorite archetype overall from gamer mode. Mine is obviously Beast Gunner, so that's easy. Over, Overwatch for mine. Oh. I'm going to say I'm going to say sniping duo. You it's like really sniping cool. duo? Yeah. I just conceptually, mm-hmm. I think it's very fun. Mm. Uh Okay. What types of archetypes uh, slash dedications do you think would match well with the new classes? This is from Hezedjim. He's or Hezedjim, which I hope is how it's pronounced. I think it's Hezedjim, uh, like he's dead Jim. Yeah. Anyway, which uh, archetypes and dedications do you think would match well with the new classes? Hmm. I think a gunslinger swashbuckler would... Uh would get a lot of the old school one e guns. Yeah, if you're missing the back. guns from the swashbuckler, yeah. Uh, mm. Either that or a gunslinger with the uh, pirate archetype, mm. just to go for the whole swinging from yard arms and shooting pistols everywhere. Nice. Yeah, I really like the idea of um, taking um, the inventor and adding the witch dedication, and taking the Baba Yaga patron and having like a walking little doodad. And there's something there <laughs> that that's it's weird. But it might kind of work if you were, and especially with Irison apparently having all this technology, um, mm-hmm. it might work really nicely. Yeah, um, I I think the inventor is one of those classes that kind of would complement a lot of different dedications. Um, but I think it'd be interesting just because of the, I guess, the dichotomy of being somebody technologically focused and magic focused. If you focused on, if you were a um inventor that took like the wizard dedication and got some arcane spells hmm. yeah so i just like the contrast that is yep. pretty good all right we've got a comment from the chat um it bugs me that the beast gun lore says that getting your beast gun is a special ritual but then the actual beast guns are leveled items that cannot be upgraded hmm. that does feel weird it feels like it should be able to are, there might be feats in that dedication that lets you kind of upgrade them with you. 
I don't yeah. know. Well, in, in the ritual, it doesn't feel quite as like capital R ritual reading mm. through it. It seems mm. a lot like, you know, here's this uh, here's this dagger. Go and kill this Drake with just this dagger and then, you know, make out of it this Drake head revolver, or, you know, mm. rifle to go and shoot fireballs out of its mouth. Because you know they're basically made out of animal parts. It it's very uh, it's very monster hunter. Monster hunter. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, that was dizzy dwarf, by the way. Okay. All right. Okay. So next question is kind of long. Here we go. The gunslinger and inventor class feats have a bit more of a ridiculous but awesome air to the types of abilities they grant at higher levels. Being able to catch a bullet and fire it back immediately, but you didn't account for this, etc. Yeah. Are you a fan of this type of writing for abilities and would you like to see it continue? That's the first part. We'll stop there. I mean, yes, I think yes, it's the please. answer. I'm of two minds. And the way that I justify this to myself is Pathfinder 2nd Edition more or less combined Pathfinder 1st Edition and made the mythic rules part of the core mechanic of the game. Hmm. So once yeah. your characters hit about like anywhere from 12th to like 15th level or so you're basically mythic as far as first edition is concerned where it's just like, yeah, I'm catching bullets out of, you know, midair and loading them into a gun and shooting the back. And I'm, you know, I can punt somebody, you know, hundred something feet and, you know, heck uh, legendary acro. Basically once you hit legendary in anything like legendary acrobatics, Oh, I can fall an infinite distance and take no damage. Mm. Yep. Um, not with magic or anything, just because just I'm that great yeah. of an acrobat. Nah, um, yes. So I just, you just kind of have to think about like mythic is part of the core mechanic of the game. Mm. And then when you take that approach, yeah, uh, if I mean, you don't really like that, you can just kind of play the adventure paths that are lower level. Yeah. Cause the other thing is the bad guys also get really amazing abilities yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all for, uh, for a little bit more dramatic, um, kind of ridiculousness at higher levels because like, oh, yeah. that's kind of. You know, you're you're two titans going up against each other at that level, right? Like, you know, we've t we've talked in in some of our after parties about like the rarity of having somebody at that level and in, at the level eight, you know, eighteenth level or or up, you may be one of only a handful of people in the entire world who are able to do what you do, and so it it I I like it to feel like I'm that powerful, you know, and so having fun abilities and you know things you can do because like the the catching the bullet thing, uh, for instance, that's situational. You only can catch bullets you can't catch like you know a stone that somebody's throwing at you or anything like that fair uh so this is mirror's question mirror continues second question in the question uh what type of similarly ridiculously awesome class feats would you like to see for other classes hmm hmm I came up with one called, and it doesn't work because there is no Satan in this world, but it's called Not Today, Satan. And it lets you, it's a cleric feat, and it lets you convert a fail to a success on a mental effect cast by a devil. Hmm. You get to be like, Not Today, Satan. Pretty cool. Little situational, you know. That's how they all are. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'd love to give like just a, a a fun uh, i'm gonna go back to my well of dwarves I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say just a fun dwarven ability kind of like in first edition where you could get spell resistance but one that just says because they've got a couple that help them resist, resist magic and one that's just like nope and you can just choose to uh <laughs> nope out of like just like a reaction to just go nope 
and uh, I completely <laughs> resist whatever arcane slash divine spell just hit me. It'd be like that's a, fun. Had a flat know. check on that, you know. Yeah. High, yeah. high level ancestry feet. Yeah, really high level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, very nice. Yeah, I uh, I generally like, uh, you know me, I like a good pun. Um, it, it'd be really interesting if there was like a barbarian one at higher levels. It's just like to shreds, you say. And it's just like a three action like attack. And it's just like you do critical damage on all three of those. If you can land it, you know, their AC plus eight or something like that. Like something ridiculous. It's like mm-hmm. high risk, high reward. It's nice. Like, it's just like I just shred the man. Very nice. Um, all right. So last question I have. So if anybody has questions, do toss them into the chat. Uh, this one's from Graphs. Uh, probably Graph and the boys Graphs. Um, yes, that is them. What do you think of the rare backgrounds from a power level perspective? Would you allow them? You'd have to have a good reason. You'd have to have a really good reason. Some of them are very powerful. I have two thoughts on this. <laughs> One, uh, yes, if you gave it to everyone. So at the very least, That's, it'd be yeah. fair if everyone That's took yeah. a rare background. Yeah. Uh, or two, if you rotated which character in each game that you did could have it. So it's just like, this is your adventure path to have the rare background. Next time it will be your turn. Mm -hmm. That way that it's still fair. Although if you, if only one person has the rare background, then they're basically competing for the position of main character. Yeah. And that's kind of my thing with it, with, with those there is that it makes you markedly different. Um, And And it kind of depends on the background. Well, and, and if you look at it in, this, in the concept of an adventure path, like being like, yeah, you're the one person who gets to have it for this adventure path. It's like, that's like three years of my life. You just gave, you know, I'm going to have to be the second banana to the guy with the rare background, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it a lot of it has to do with which of those rare backgrounds are being chosen, because some of them are rare because they're just uncommon. And some of them are rare because they actually are way more powerful or they have like the Revenant one is wild. The Revenant um, one is crazy, yeah. yeah. Some of them are just, you know, this is a very small group of people that live over here. And so that background is just not common. Um, and therefore it's rare. So I think, you know, it's going to be situational. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think um, the the magic book had one that was basically just like, oh, I'm predestined. And so you oh, just yeah. like, you have a reaction to just go, well, this isn't how I'm supposed to you know, <laughs> die. So. It reminds me, yeah. Satan. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds today, me. Of, it reminds me of Prince of Persia, where like if you died in the game, yeah, it's just, just like wait, wait, no, that's not how the story goes, and you just get to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is main character abilities. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Very true. I All see. Right, so- uh, Revcon did throw a question in there asking if uh, if Narmer swallows a pistol, does he become a bullet shooting fish? Hmm. Oh my Can gosh! He swallow. I well, the thing is, Narmer could already spit. So I like to think that he has like a little blowgun, like a little hollow ah. blowgun inside of his mouth because he spits acid already. That's true. Uh, yep. That being said, you know, I think Masika would have obviously been an inventor in like 2E. Yeah, that oh, makes 100%. sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. too. Uh, there is, it is worth mentioning, there is a feat if you go up it um, for your companion innovations as an inventor that can turn it into a stationary turret. <laughs> so it made me think of Narmer where it's like, I turn into a turret and he's just like, Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Sheikah, I killed him. <laughs> oh, I don't hate you. 
<laughs> yes. Just go through all the yes. portal turret quotes. So many po- portal turret quotes. Ow, yes. ow, 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 ow. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I love portal turrets though. Oh god, portal's such a good game. All right. All well, right. I do not see any other questions. Let me Did scroll up and see. I was going to say, you might want to scroll up in the chat, make sure we didn't miss anybody. Yeah, so the book has the uh, the whole glossary index there. Back cover, which the back cover has the uh, Jiska Imperium section, like the uh, the automatons climbing out of the sand. It's yeah, very good. If, uh, very good. If Anybody is a page count counter. Uh, this is 282 pages from cover to cover. Oh. So tons of great stuff in 282. here. 282. Is that 282? 242. 242. Sorry. Yep. 242. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know how to read. Somebody looks at their books like, where's my missing 40 pages? No, I was you didn't promised get the 40 extra 40 pages. Oh, nope, we must sorry. have gotten those for special. Yes. This uh, must have been the secret find the path pages they <laughs> sent us. Um, somebody says, Krakar, uh, Krakagar, there we go, says, to shred, you say, should be crits on two different people as the original was about two different people. A beefed up version of Cleave, essentially. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> to shreds, you say. <laughs> what about his uh, wife? To shreds, you say. <laughs> uh, Revcon asks, um, is Hollis ever going to fix her gun? Nah, probably not. You'd have to get a level of gunslinger, and at that point, you're doing I mean, like maybe. a D6 of damage. So it's That's like, her yeah. epilogue. I train in gunslinger just enough to be able to fix my gun. <laughs> you're 19 level yep. wizard and one level of gunslinger just because. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just waiting for the section of uh, of Hollis landing in an anti-magic field than having to improvise <laughs> weapon beat someone to death with a pistol. All right. Here we go. Uh, oh, another question from Valentine Uno. Um, do you have a favorite art uh, piece from this book? Yes, I do. So I there's I will so share. many good ones. There's so many good ones. So there is one of um, uh, the iconic inventor uh, who's used a grapple gun uh, no. to to shoot over like a ledge or something, and he's he's like doing Mission Impossible down. You stole mine. Uh, yeah, exactly. Warp and is like trying to like steal something, and I just like literally saw that and was like, Narmer would totally do that. No, the best fly. part. The best part is that there are like three or four sleeping owl bears and like a human oh, skeleton. Oh, that's in the right. Middle. He's stealing it from the owl bear. Yeah, from the owl <laughs> And so it's like dun 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 to doubt like getting lower to take whatever it is off the skeleton without waking the owl. It was bears, literally like literally I heard Narmer going dun dun like as he was descending <laughs> down when I looked at that and I was like, all right, yep, this is my favorite. Dang it, you stole mine. I'm just gonna <laughs> go with that one too. Uh, mine, mine's actually fairly simple because I looked at it and then what you know this kind of epitomizes the character. I think it's a page one ninety eight. There's a picture of the iconic gunslinger just sitting on a bench, like polishing her gun, with like a little like music note, like she's just sitting there whistling and cleaning up her gun. Aww. And it's it's so like embodies the idea of this character and like the the care and fastidiousness of the mm. character that uh, that's nice. No, I just love it. It's just a uh, it's an amazing piece of character art. Yeah, there there yeah. is so much good art in this um, for all kinds of weird stuff. Like there's uh, one with Siege Engines and Lem the Bard just like on a on a ledge above them, just playing a playing his flute, just like you know, I'm inspiring. The I'm siege inspiring. Engines. You're aiming. <laughs> it's just like the most like movie esque kind of like you know vibe to it. It's very fun. Very true. All right. 
it looks like that is it for a question. So it might be time to wrap up. Yep. So uh, generally speaking, I was pretty happy with this book. Oh, yeah. Very, it's very happy cool. with this book. This book delivered. I look forward to making an automaton or potentially an inventor or potentially a gunslinger. Yes. Or both. And finding a way to get Rick to let us buy some of the gadgets and gizmos that are in this. Mm. Bribery. I mean, any of them that are common. Nothing's common <laughs> in this book. <laughs> I think one of the path folks submitted a gunslinger, so we might get access. I was going to say, does someone put Ruffles? an inventor in? Because we could maybe use the inventor to justify a few gadgets and gizmos for funsies. Uh, no, I, I think someone just included things. a guy with a gun, but he's a fighter. Oh. Maybe he's a fighter with the gunslinger dedication. Who knows? It may be before the gunslinger was out, out, you know? Yeah, I was going to say he is now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess until next time, good luck out there. And, you know, if you want to have some steampunk adventures, this is the book for you. Indeed. It doesn't have to be punk, but it has to be steam. It's it true. has to have gears and potentially guns. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. I will. I will say in closing thoughts, the book is called Guns and Gears, but they the books inside of the book are gears and guns. It just sounds. It bothered guns me and gears. just a little tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, on that note, then I guess uh, goodbye, listeners, yep. watchers, viewers. Folk. Thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, I guess until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Bye, Pathfolk. Bye bye. Goodbye.